0: It's amazing how the words Of that song get more and more relevant Do you really think We can make anything Better sometimes Uh it feels like We're just making things worse So uh it's An incredible incredible Time and uh probably One of the most uh Amazing uh, elections We've we've ever Had in, in this Country uh Perhaps the, one of the most divisive, and uh, uh, one of the most uh, one of the closest. And of course, of course, uh, the amount of people who got involved that that was really a good thing. Um, how many people actually got out and voted this this year was uh, was incredible. Um, but where we go from here, and uh, you know, half the country doesn't think. Uh, so it's going to be a real interesting time. And here tonight, I can't think of anybody uh, better to talk to us about all of this is um, our good friend uh, from Sacramento, uh, political consultant, public affairs um, uh guru uh just a brother and great brother in christ and and uh believe it or not also a board member of the catch uh rob Stutzman, rob great to have you back again
1: well john it's, it's good to visit with you again
0: <laughs> so uh quite a week would you say
1: <laughs> it has been quite a week but then again that's been the refrain uh in America for the last four years, uh, well, that was quite a week. Uh, but, but, uh, it certainly a page was turned this week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Ameri- American democracy got to express itself as you noted patient, the greatest participation ever,
0: uh, yeah.
1: in, uh, in an American presidential election. And, you know, for that, I think we should all step back and, and, and be, be grateful that, as a democracy, we uh, actually did show the world something, uh, when it, that, and that is that uh, we will participate and we will govern ourselves as our founders intended.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, um, is it over? What do you think? I mean, <laughs>
1: well, it's over as we as we speak here tonight. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's over. Uh, it's mathematically uh, impossible. Um, I, uh, I, I will say there is, there's no evidence of, of fraud. I think the mm-hmm. suggest there is, is, is fraudulent in and of itself. And if that sounds like a political position, I guess, you know, so, so be it. I, I see it as a moral position time that mm-hmm. people start telling the truth a little more often, uh, in, in this country. So no, it's, it's over Joe, Joe Biden's going to be the yeah. the next president of the of the United States how Donald Trump chooses to spend his final 10 weeks in office of course uh, remains to be seen and I think there could be some 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 danger in, in all that um, yeah but uh, but 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 we'll see he's he's been unconventional and I would suggest self-serving from the beginning mm-hmm. that's what I think we have to expect we'll we'll see some of that here in the in the next couple months
0: yeah Um, You you mentioned something Just uh, uh, before we came online Rob about what I would call uh, The politics of outrage And um, you mentioned that That's still still going on On both sides Um, You know Is that Do we thank Mr. Trump for that Or is Mr. Trump just the guy Who really took advantage Of the fact that that was already there Do you think we would have had that anyway
1: well i think the, the the politics of outrage is uh, you know really existed i think since the 90s and the real advent of uh, of talk radio in this country then oh, along yeah. comes the internet comes the internet and we get social media and then you get you know cable television instead of uh network television and americans are able to self select into information media information that is bias confirming uh to either what they believe or what they want to believe or what they think may be happening and but it's you know this this has been a phenomenon in america you know i, re- I really do go back until even just the beginning of the, of the 90s it, it, yeah that now it, it's continued to it's continued to uh accelerate social media being really the, the real game changer so when donald trump comes along um he, well, he was able to, to prey upon that. He was able to use these diverse mediums and social platforms to basically end run how Americans had gotten their information for uh, you know decades, a generation before, which would have been major news outlets. And he turned it all upside down. And yeah. uh, the outrage then, the irony of it all is that the media machines, the social media platforms, all of this, whether it's skews to the left the right or in the center, it all benefits from the Donald Trump outrage. Hmm. And uh, the, the, if, you, if you're a if you're an executive at MSNBC or CNN or Fox News, the worst thing that could have happened to you is that Donald Trump lose this election and you lose your primary ability to whip people into into hmm. outrage on a daily basis which is basically what all those big media um, companies
0: do. Uh,
1: so I, I think the outrage will continue. I think it will be turned down a notch, particularly since the occupant of the White House going forward isn't going to you know, tweet five things every morning that the whole country starts reacting to before they're done with breakfast. So, yeah. so there, there will be a temperature turned down. But look, Trump, Trump's not going away. Uh, he'll still be out there, you know, somewhere in his own way, creating, uh, doing things for the outrage machine to react to, just like, uh, you know, the, the the progressives will be doing things for the right-leaning outrage machine to react to, and uh, they'll all find new content. Yeah, yeah.
0: But there, I, I have to say, you know, uh, just watching... Um, Watching Biden's uh, special night there, we gave his acceptance, and then looking at what happened that next day uh, to audiences uh, dancing in the street, uh, just there was a feeling of of incredible relief um, that that wherever I, I don't know, you know, I would imagine. You know, on either side of the fence, people felt could feel that uh, some sense of oh, just take a breath for a minute because um, it, it, there's a, we're kind of exhausted with just all this firing back and forth and and uh, and boy, what, what's going to uh, what's going to happen there? Is it, You know, we were all afraid we're well, going to be out there by
1: now. Yeah. You know? Well, it's it's complicated. Uh, America's diverse. I mean, so what we see in this election is that rural voters and ex-urban voters, people that live in, you know, towns uh, in the country, somewhat adjacent to metro centers, they voted for Trump more than they did in 16. In fact, a lot of new voters uh, showed up this year in that type of demographic. But then you look at Hispanic voters, and Hispanic voters uh, in, in dramatic numbers appeared to have voted for Trump more in 20 than they ever did in 16. In fact, in the state of Florida, basically the white suburbs of, of Florida voted was voting for Biden. And uh, Florida is saved for Trump because of the, uh, the number of Hispanics in Miami Dade County that, that voted for him. So you know, those are all diverse reactions. You go back to the, to the suburbs and the big one, the big surprises of the night was Trump loses but Republicans won a significant number of uh, house races. And of course, looks like they'll retain control of the U S Senate. And you look in these suburban counties cut where there's, you know, college educated white voters that we've heard so much about all year long and even mm-hmm. longer. Uh, you can clearly see where they, they did some of them did what we'd call ticket splitting where they vote for Biden right. and they voted for Republican for Congress. So those are people that may very much want a center, right direction, but they're, they, they're just a little exhausted or they're ready for, you know, someone of, of better character uh, mm-hmm. while still tacking, you know, to the center because they voted for divided government. So, you know, th- there is – America is what it has been for a long time, and it's only going to continue to more so be, which is extremely diverse, complicated, and we, you, you, ca- you have to keep – in politics you have to keep looking forward to try to discern what's next and not rely too much in forming your opinions and your strategies uh, based upon what has happened in the past. It's all forward progress. Yeah.
0: Rob, you, you mentioned earlier when we first started talking about the, the media and the, the, now we have so many different uh, leaning media outlets, and then you throw in, of course, the uh, social media and uh, the sky's the limit there. And um, I, that's, I'm just, uh, part of that is really frustrating to realize that uh, I've read a couple uh, on what I thought were pretty good uh, articles recently saying that with, with the various uh, information gathering everyone like you say reads and listens to and watches what feeds what they already believe to be true and um, therefore there is, when there isn't a central place of truth like a public square where one voice is heard and we can all talk about it the one thing I've noticed in, uh, in a couple of the commentaries I've read is that uh, basically concluding that we can't even have a conversation because we're not in the same conversation.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, we, uh, you know, a generation ago, even a little more of that now, right, you'd watch the evening news and or Walter Cronkite, you know, would tell hmm. – America, the same set of information, right. and then you, can, you right. can go discuss it. Well, now, you know, you go down the block and some of them might be watching Hannity, and then next door they're watching Rachel Maddow, and the next door to that they're watching one you know, like something like Newsmax, and you go to the one next to them and they're watching the PBS NewsHour. Um, so these choices are great, but you're right, it, it doesn't create a common set of information. And then social media is really the worst. I mean, we've learned a lot about how the mm-hmm. algorithms of social media really do understand your brain and push information to you, uh, almost like a, an opioid, uh, that you're going to crave and feed your confirmation bias, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. your confirmation bias might be completely correct, but you're, it's all you're getting is information that, you, uh, that makes you feel better or makes you feel more outraged because you like to be outraged at the, the other side, whatever that may be. Uh, so this is, you know, information is broken. If this whole system we know now has been a- is able to be manipulated by our enemies abroad as it was in 2016 and was hmm. again in, in 2020. And at the, at the end of the day, the, you know, the, the biggest solution to this is, is some personal responsibility, understanding uh, and awareness. Um, but I think we're, we're all guilty of getting into our, our, uh, our loop, uh, yeah. that, that makes us feel feel good about what we think the world's all about.
0: Oh yeah. And, and so what do we do? You know, let's, I, I um, I want to get real personal here because I have, you know, with the catch, we have, uh, obviously we've got people on all, on, the, on all sides of the fence and, um, and I get to talk to some of them or email some of them, and um, you know, uh, I have a number of friends who who are who are way you know way over on the right. They think I'm way over on the left. I, I don't think I'm as far as they think I am, but <laughs> at any rate, um, you know how, and so they tell me, you know, if we're going to talk at all, I have to listen, you know, to a Fox News commentator. And and is that is that the way we need to do this? I mean, do I, they're my brothers in Christ. And, you know, uh, there are two choices, I guess. We just avoid the subject entirely. And that's kind of what I've tried to do mostly. Um, because I have such a large audience, uh, I, I have to try and offend you know, the fewest people possible and just stick to the gospel, <laughs> you know, but, but, um, you know, does that mean we need, should we start listening to the other side? Is that the only way we're going to be able to talk? Uh, when we, uh, what, what do you think about that?
1: I don't know if it's so much the other side as much as, uh, diversifying your, your, your input, from what other people's experiences are, mm-hmm. um, so here so, I mean here would be an example that's not a it's not an original one I've brought up this, this mm-hmm. has been talked about quite a bit i think in, in Christian commentary circles during this election is so if you're a um, uh, you consider yourself a conservative christian uh, republican very much maybe you voted for Trump, maybe even feel so strongly about him, you got the sticker on your car. Um, and believe this has to do with righteousness because uh, he's done things that are good for Christians or, or faith or the values of faith, then ask yourself, pause and ask yourself, well, why is it that black evangelicals who believe in the same gospel, read the same Bible, and love Jesus just as much, uh, uh, overwhelmingly voted for Joe Biden? So, well, they, they must have a different experience. Uh, and so we, we need to, you know, we are obligated to our fellow citizens and within the body of Christ, even more obligated mm-hmm. to one another because we're of one yeah. body, to understand different experiences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that includes, uh, you know, those that are, that are more left trying to understand what it is that makes um, some of our Christian brothers and sisters so fearful. And and, and instigate so much rage. Um, You know, what's their experience been that they would would feel that way? Uh, But I do – so I think that's what we have to do. We have to go back to a lot of – not so much talk to the other side, but so pick an issue or pick a circumstance or just listen to someone tell their their story about how they feel like uh, the public square affects them, affected their family, and how that informs – their thoughts and, and opinions uh, because there's nowhere in the media and social media is, can facilitate this, but generally it's poor at it. There's nowhere out there where that's really being facilitated because everyone's in, in their own
0: silos or above. Or yeah. Maybe. Uh, do you think it could be done though? And especially if it, if it could be done anywhere, you would think it would be, could be done in the church. It could be done in the body of Christ or at least, there is more civility than you would think anywhere else, with people loving well, their.
1: There should, there's, there should be. I, <laughs> I you know I honestly just don't know if that's the case. Um, I and, and I, I you know John, unfortunately, I still think we have a this crisis in teaching in the American church that um, just puts so much emphasis and, and value in in government and in politics and i mean Mm -hmm. this is what i do for a living this is what i do for a living and i i don't even begin to think that any of this is of such critical nature to the kingdom of god that i have to lose a friend over it uh because god's (laughs) sovereign and beyond all that and if you really i think apply a scriptural test uh, Tim Keller has laid this out pretty well uh, to to the parties. Like, oh, you know, a couple of the parties are good at some biblical values, and a couple of the parties are good at some other ones, and there's some that none of them are, are you know, neither are good at. Uh, mm-hmm. So this this whole idea of over spiritualizing our politics, which you know is obvious, tends to be uh, over spiritualization of the Republicans and the right, uh, which is where I vote but it's it still over it to me. I just go back to where do we go wrong with, with a lot of, of teaching um, from the pulpit and in our seminaries in this country.
0: Hmm. So we, uh, we need to get back then in, at least in the context of, of the church to, uh, To the gospel, to loving one another, to being patient and forbearing with one another, all those kinds of things. Um, Yeah, yeah. you know, this
1: occurs as we're talking about this, you know, an exercise that I think Christians that voted against Joe Biden could do. Is lean into Joe Biden and his faith, and you can find you can search the internet and find interviews he's done. Uh, he did one, I think, at American University, with um, with the with a uh, with a bishop, I think, some, some years ago, where he talks deeply about his faith. And you know, so sure, the immediate comeback is, well, doesn't it seem to inform his position, say on on abortion. Well, he talks of he talks about that. You don't have to, and you can disagree, but this is a fellow Christian. This man quoted his favorite hymn the other night and mm-hmm. identified faith, identified faith as the, what sustains this country. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard American presidents say similar things since George W. Bush. And if you go back before that, uh, I think Reagan gave some lip service to it, thinking maybe Jimmy Carter. I mean, this doesn't happen with every president. So spend a little bit of time listening to Joe Biden talk about his faith. And then pray into that uh, for him, mm-hmm. but okay. but see him as a see him as a brother in Christ, and just you know att- attempt mm-hmm. that exercise. Uh, mm-hmm. And it it is it you know whatever may come of that, I would I would think it's a little it's a bit unassailable that that wouldn't be at least a worthwhile possibly uh, valuable exercise to engage in.
0: Okay, so now that you've done that. Let me mention something um, on the side of Trump that that I that that I learned just recently because we're uh, on our Wednesday night we have a Bible study and uh, and uh, and on, on Sunday night we, you know we've been having church live on Facebook and I've been teaching through First John and uh, in chapter four uh, John writes uh, we love because he first loved us. And it's interesting, I always thought that was we love him because he first loved us, like we're loving him back. But it really isn't. There's no object to that. It says, we love, period. We're, our ability yeah. to love anything uh, in terms of real love comes from being loved and comes from being loved by God. And um, those who have a difficult time loving are people who have not been loved. And all of a sudden, I started thinking about Donald Trump.
1: Absolutely.
0: I don't think that man knows what it means to be loved. I don't think he's ever been loved. I mean, you find out about his history, his family, and it pretty much bears that out. So how can he act in a loving way He've loved? Suddenly, I'm praying for a man. You know, I'm feeling... Feeling some sense of pity for him and uh, uh, praying that maybe, maybe, that somehow God would get through to him.
1: Which would be extraordinary, or those around him. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: I think that's, I think that's right. If you have I and mean, if you are outraged by Donald Trump, you know, as a Christian, you should, you got to get to the place where you should realize how heartbroken you should be. Um, yeah. For someone who must be oh, so, so, so terribly empty and lonely. Um and mm-hmm. without the warmth of 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 true friends, et cetera. Uh that's exactly right. I mean that's that's the that's the three sixty discipline, spiritual discipline to this when when it comes to the to, to <laughs> Biden and Trump. Well said, John.
0: Oh uh, boy. Well. And then we look at that and th- then there's this whole other thing, it's like the spin off. I almost think of my <laughs> as, I think of almost my uh, my washer, you know, <laughs> when it goes into a spin cycle, <laughs> What gets thrown out to the outside. Is all this stuff like uh, you know the QAnon and the the Marxists and the socialists who're going to take over the world over on one side, and then you got all the fascists and the the you know the uh, supremacists on the on the other side. Yeah. You know, what? What's? What? What do we do about that? You know. I mean. Well. That, uh, so that is.
1: Yeah. That. That's the worst manifestation of what we've talked about already. Uh, yeah. When you're able to go into confirmation bias and into your own cul-de-sac, and people are able to identify and organize, and it, 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 you know, it, it distills down into some really uh, frightening uh, mm. uh, ideologies. Uh, lack of intellectual rigor, lack of good spiritual rigor, all these things. So, those are all manifestations of I think this, the worst manifestations of this larger problem. We've we've talked about already about how how people treat themselves to information. Uh, mm-hmm. I tell you what we have got to do about that. Here, here here's what I I hear increasingly that bothers me. People look at me and go, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's true or not true in terms of news. That. That not, I would say that's exactly, exactly what Vladimir Putin was trying to achieve. So mm. do not settle for throwing your hands up and saying you don't know what to believe. Do some work and figure out what truth is. And you can get truth. You know, you can get truth in the New York Times and still filter out their bias if you're a conservative. You can get truth on the good reporting that is often done on Fox News if you're a liberal and sort out their bias. God gave us brains, use them, but don't mm-hmm. give up. Because if if we decide that ah, uh, we don't know what to believe, then we're basically acquiescing to the notion that there is no absolute truth of which we can have dialogue, make decisions, and and govern ourselves by. And that's dangerous. That's our that's our enemies in the world winning.
0: Wow, wow, and I think you're yeah. Uh, what I'm hearing you saying, Rob, is that we—that's re- an individual thing. We—we we really each have to do that. I mean, we can't. There isn't a source somewhere we can go to. We'll say, "Okay, this is true." Well, of course, other than the Bible. But what I'm talking about is a source that's current and uh, commenting on our on our current situation. We really have to do it ourselves. I, you do yourselves.
1: Find find. I think you, you find find sources you trust. Uh, find, find sources that are accurate and that, and that check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, find sources that don't feel so much like propaganda as, as news or analysis. Analysis is helpful uh, as well. But there's, there's, inf- there's good information out there. Uh, you have to go in search of it. And if you're passive about it and you're online, then the algorithms are going to send you to it passively. And you're not in control then anymore of the content that you're taking in. And then you become part of the problem if you perpetuate things that aren't true. So it's, (laughs) it's self-responsibility that everyone needs to exercise. And, you know, hopefully people start, you know, continue to understand they should care enough um, to make sure that they are truly, uh, uh, you know, truly have their own liberty when it comes to, the information they receive and how they, uh, how they think about it.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's really helpful. Well, gosh, this is, uh, this is great. I I really appreciate you, your thoughts and, um, uh, your availability to talk with us today, Rob. We only have a couple minutes left and, uh, I hate it when people throw me, uh, wide open questions like this, but I'm going to do it to you. You know, I mean, we've talked about a lot of things and you've been talking a lot. Is there, is there any last word that maybe something we, we didn't touch on that, that you want to make sure that our body uh, is thinking about, you know, uh, what's, what's on your, what's on, what's the last thing on your heart and mind? <laughs> in this
1: actually I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the question I, I think you know there's a lot of clamor and the clamor is not going to stop it's been loud throughout this odd year that we've been living it's going to continue uh, I just think there's look for the opportunities to quiet yourself and uh, and have a reflective heart and to uh, maybe to, 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 to project yourself into empathetic thoughts of of others and other people's experiences and uh go go back and read the we've talked about this before read read the great parables and and try to discern what is what is there in the words of jesus and his lessons uh that are applicable for what we're living today Mm. wow
0: (sighs) rob thank you uh thank you so much uh that's a great conclusion and uh uh, I'm so glad you were available today. to Shed some light on this crazy craziness and uh, Lord bless you as you uh, continue. You
1: too. You too, John. Always okay. appreciate our visit.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Wow. What do you think, folks? That was good. So go get all your friends and. And, and tell them to listen to this. That was the best half hour uh, politically uh, that I think we could possibly do right now. And, uh, so thanks so much to, uh, our guest Rob Stutzman for being with us today and sharing his thoughts, uh, so relevant to today. And Lord, uh, guide, guide us, bring us together as one in Christ. And, uh, Make us show us how to be patient and uh, loving in the midst of uh, this clamor that we live in, and uh, help us to be um, help us to be truly your representatives and uh, uh, those people who can bring folks together uh, rather than uh, sending them apart. And thank you so much that uh, Jesus draws us all to Him and draws us to the cross uh, rather than away from Him uh, and to His grace. So God bless you. Thanks for listening. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll have another great guest uh, like we always do. Uh, This is The Catch. Blog Talk Radio, John Fisher, thanking you for joining us. See you next week.